Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, everybody. Thanks for downloading the Sunranto show. Uh, this feed of the podcast, which usually comes late and uh, full of ads, uh, well, it, it's this one's going to be the same. It's going to have those things. But I wanted to say that over on our Patreon feed, patreon.com slash Sunranto, I'm going to be releasing the podcasts there unlocked for the time being while everybody is, you know, quarantined up in their house and stuff. So, you know, we'll go back to the normal way of doing things after that and I'll lock them back up. But um, for right now, uh, go check that out if you want to listen to the show without advertisement. But um, please keep downloading this one because we get paid for every download like a penny. So uh, set up multiple accounts and download it a bunch of times and I get a penny. So um, anyway, this uh, show is also brought to you by um, LinkedIn. So you're going to hear an ad for that later. And um, anyway, enjoy the show. I hope everybody's doing well. Uh, go to patreon.com slash sunranto and you won't hear the ads and you'll hear it you could have heard this a couple days ago so anyway um thanks for listening here's the show covey blue blood flowing through our veins sitting in the bleachers in the rain we shed a million tears and drank as many old style beers out at the game let's go cubby sunranto michael cotton sunranto Welcome to the Sunranto Show, a Cubs podcast. COVID free. <laughs> COVID free. We are a socially distanced podcast. We're just talking in our own rooms, in our own microphones, miles and miles apart from each other and apart from most of our listeners. Hi, I'm Danny Rocket. And um, also on the show, we have. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. My thing you have is, no drops. I got no drops. I don't know what happened. It was working before, but I'll, I'll get that set up. But we have ah, cotton. Oh, no, no, no. Please Old don't. Old times at all. I forgot. Oh, no. See, no. Wait. Actually, could, could we just start the show again? Because uh, I wasn't ready to have singing this early into our uh, quarantined podcast here. Um, no, I, I've, I've got it. I've got it. All right. That's better. See, now that's what harmony sounds like, Michael. Oh, so, it sounded exactly like I did it. I don't know why you had to do the drop. It actually, you know, I was somewhat impressed. <laughs> you actually caught the key. Well, you caught the key of my sped up version. So, yeah. And well, uh, I haven't caught COVID. I have caught keys. It's amazing how that maybe you have caught COVID and it put you in tune. So, uh, and of course, literally hiding under rocks. And literally living in a tree now because uh, you're socially distanced from society. I, I, I am isolated. I am without baseball. I'm not happy. Mm. 
None of us are. Ha- I don't think there's really oh, any no, no, happy no, Danny, people Danny, right Danny, now. Danny, you forget. This is this is my dream. <laughs> I'm I'm actually in in a great mood. I've been like this. This is just how I like. This is great for me. It really is. Like everybody stays away from you. You don't have to go anywhere. You yep. stay home all the time and do what the fuck you want. No, I yeah. I, I get it. No, I am completely, completely miserable. Uh, You know, former Cub Roger Hornsby once said, people ask me what I do in winter when there's no baseball. I'll tell you what I do. I stare out the window and wait for spring. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's just me, man. Spring is delayed. Yeah. You know, I sit here and I just like when Cub season's over that when I when I leave Wrigley that last time, it's the saddest thing. And I. Look so so forward to opening day. I you know the club four hundred events and uh, Cubs convention. Those things keep me going and until all the, all the people that we've met. You know, right. like that's all delayed too. I mean, and I'm I have to say that because of our Cubs community, even we're we're all in this together. So because of the Cubs community, I'm actually taking great solace in like knowing you guys and doing this podcast. Still, I mean, I'm depressed too about it. You know, it's it's sad because you know I was. I was looking forward to it all, you know, obviously we've been gearing up for this season and, you know, but we're all in it together. And that is the one positive I could take from it. And I also kind of like maybe how the world may fundamentally change a little bit. Oh, I, I, I wouldn't bet on that. I'm not betting on it, but I'm, I'm coping. So my, my, I know that my just enjoying this whole thing is short lived. Don't worry. The world will kick me in the nuts soon enough, people. Well, I, I did think about one positive that's come of this is I saw that many of the grocery stores in Target are uh, doing, you know, uh, elderly only shopping hours early in the morning. And oh, I was, my God. And I was I, like, I, I maybe hope they keep that. Yeah, exactly. I'll I'm know like, when fuck. not to go. Exactly. Well, you can't go because all the right. old people will be there then. And I was like, oh, that would actually be really helpful instead of like standing behind Gladys at the self-checkout as she tries to figure out where the fucking barcode is as she's like scanning the fucking chicken on the cornflakes box. Yeah, and then she finally gets her bill and she's got to start digging through her purse to find her fucking checkbook (laughs) so she can fill that fucker out. So, But uh, Crawley, (laughs) how have you been spending your time? I mean, I know you – you work outside the house. I work at home, so really not much has changed for me. I'm still working. Uh, you know, Michael, you work from home oftentimes when you're working from home or dealing with your kids. I, I really just don't work very often, but we are moving, and so I have just been busy as hell trying to get things together. Yeah, that's a pain in the ass no matter what's going on in the world. But how have you been spending your time, Crawley? I've, I, I've seen you on Twitter a lot more than usual <laughs> during the day. I'll tell you that much. I'm enjoying your, your feed because you've got it. This is curate. how bad it's gotten. Uh, NBC Sports Chicago asked about ticket stubs. So I just went through my big box of ticket stubs and started talking about random games. So like that that's how, uh, you know, it's only like day whatever the quarantine and, and I'm like – desperate for any type of Cubs content that I can just grab. Like that Simpsons episode when they get snowed in in the in the avalanche or something and like Homer lasts like four seconds. <laughs> I could so see that. I know. Well, the sad thing is, I mean, and here's another thing I'm thankful for. 
we saw some baseball games already this year. So it's I'm so glad you got to go to spring training. Oh. You specifically, Crawley, because you know, imagine how much worse that that your feeling would be if you did not go at the end of February and I'd be literally could- like crawling up the ceiling and just going nuts. I, I'm so glad I got that little fix in because I needed it bad. Yeah, I'm I'm bummed for my son who is just beginning his first his freshman year baseball and they had a like basically the news came out that they were canceling everything in the middle of his uh like a scrimmage. So he got to play one partial game uh, in which he went one for one and or one one for two and uh you know and caught a few balls in the outfield. But yeah, it's, then it was over. I that mean, was his whole really, high school career so far. It's really tough for kids right now. I mean, I saw uh, John Baker was tweeting out photos of um, him and John is really into martial arts and he he does a lot of uh, uh, jujitsu. And so yeah, Brazilian jujitsu. Yeah, so he was teaching his daughter some stuff, and I think his daughter also takes some classes. So they were like wrestling around in the basement or whatever, <coughs> and. Um, Having a, a great time, all smiles, you know, sticking their tongues out to the camera and stuff. And I and uh, I I texted him. I'm like, that's so awesome that you know you're teaching your kid to fight, you know, in that way. And that's this is such valuable experience. And he's like, they're bouncing off the walls right now. And I can't imagine what my sister's going through. She just moved out to San Diego, and she's got young kids. Well, thirteen down to ten or nine. And, uh, you know, everything's canceled for them, basketball and stuff. And, you know, just trying to keep them focused. And, you know, they got a lot of energy to run off, you know. I mean, for a 45-year-old dude like me, like sitting in a chair for 12 hours, that's that's I'm fine with that. You know what I mean? Just podcasting and stuff. But, you know. Well, and- well actually, we haven't been doing many podcasts, which we need to do a few more. I think but so. Since you, since you brought it up here real quick with the pot, I heard the word podcast. I wanted to make sure everybody understands. We are now, I'm pretty sure we are now the longest running Cubs podcast on the air. Uh, right now? What? No, because IVMV is still going. Uh, are they? Are they? I think the season ended. They're they, done. No, they're, they're done. No, they're going to they're going to fucking keep going just to spite us. They're going to put out like one episode every 3 months just to spite us. Time of death COVID-19. No, they're no baseball this year, no IVNV this year. Mm-mm. Well, let's talk about this. Let's talk about baseball and that the fact that they well, it was ridiculous when MLB is like, okay, we're going to start in June, but we're playing all 162. And everybody's like, oh what? Double headers every day. I'm like, uh, no, you're not. Like, That's just not going to fucking happen. People were joking about the World Series on Christmas Day, which I'm all for. You know, keep the season going. Play all the way till December. I don't mind any Christmas baseball. You know what? I'm all for that, too. But if you do, they really have to go to, like, uh, the – alternate venue a neutral zone so you know if houston has been fired from all of baseball then play the games in houston or you know what i mean like you can't do christmas in chicago not at wrigley no you'd have to do something like milwaukee maybe if more yeah you you could do milwaukee yeah maybe that's a better idea crawley like the closest 
like domed or warm weather. Yeah, white White Sox play there, Cubs play there, Brewers play there, maybe the Twins play there. You know, they have to figure it out and go at all the, you know, they have that stadium full every day, maybe even two games a day. Afternoon, night. I mean, it is possible to to do if you kept the season going longer. You know, I still don't get how Minnesota built a stadium without a retractable roof. I was just thinking that. I was like, what a bunch of dummies. Do you not realize you live in Minnesota? But then I remembered how Minnesotans are. They're so stubborn. And the Metrodome, was, it sucked so bad in there. Like... It was not a good place to watch a baseball game there. Uh, I went in 1987, the year the Twins won the World Series. And uh, I remember this was one of the first games. I think I was 13 years old. This was one of the first games I ever saw um, at any other stadium. I had been to, to like the Memorial Stadium where the Orioles played. I had been to a few others, like Comiskey Park and stuff at that point. But I, I was in there, and me and my sisters and my mom, and, like, nobody stood up when, like, the home run was hit. Like, it was just you felt really far away. You felt like you were kind of in a shopping mall. And then it, it just felt like non-baseball. They used to have that super turf, so there was no grass, and it just felt so wrong. And so I think they overcorrected when they built the new one. They're like, we want real grass. And then they're like, yeah, now it's covered in snow, idiots. <laughs> you know, uh, to me, I think the smart move would have been after Milwaukee with their retractable roof is that MLB should have said any new stadium being built must have a retractable roof. I think that should have been a mandate, and then that way you'd have a lot less cancellations. They'd still give us uh, that two games at the beginning, or the one game at the beginning of the season and then a day off, though. Because that's how they roll. They don't care who do, <laughs> you know where they're, they're playing. You know, they, one game uh, and a day off. Atlanta doesn't have a dome either, and that's a newer, that's a brand new stadium, you know. And then there, and there was, hot. there was uh, rain delays that what was that 20, 2018 when the Cubs like just got the worst batch of weather everywhere to to go along with what you know the sinking ship on that one. Yeah, and it's hot as fuck down there in the middle of the summer. I mean, at least Texas did the smart thing and built themselves that, a yeah, dome. Yeah, that's why Houston has a dome is in order to keep people from melting. Yeah, and uh, I might say, too, that the Brewers do have a dome, but you melt in there anyway because there's no air conditioning. <laughs> so, like, I mean, we all almost died. Bill Shugas, longtime listener and friend of the podcast, Almost died, and uh, uh, do you know? Do you know how? He, <laughs> do you know how many times Bill has heard on this podcast that, that he, he almost, almost died? Well, he should be very proud of himself for not dying. <laughs> but and anyway, they're going to figure out something stupid, and we can guarantee that they're still going to open on a Monday. <laughs> we, you know what? We need a complicated T-shirt. Bill Sugas almost died. <laughs> yeah, that's not complicated enough. Well, we it's super to- complicated because. Nobody outside of our group will understand what that means at all. Yeah. And all the money will go to the Bill Sugas Almost Memorial Fund. <laughs> so, um, well, so now it seems <laughs> that they're going to play an 81-game season, which does not make – I mean, how are they going to do that? Like, what's that schedule look like? I mean, that makes the most sense. Let's say they start in July, June, I don't know what they're really going to do. I, I think it all depends on how these next few weeks go. So they're not going to announce anything until they know that this thing uh, is under control. But um, here's what I was thinking. 81 games is, you know, granted, it's not enough. We want more. But if that's what it ends up being and they end the season on time and everything and still end up playing it, they could probably get an 81-game season in. 
and here's how I think it should go. You got to fuck interleague play. That's off. Forget it. You know, I think most of the game should still take place in the division. And so, and I'm bad at math. So tell me if I'm like thinking of this wrong, because there might be some other metric that I'm missing to make this work out. But interdivisional games, if you have 11 of them, that's against four other teams. That's 44 games, right? Sounds accurate. I mean, I'm just trying to think like The the math computes. Yeah. All right. Good. So, so 11 games, so you still have an odd number, so somebody can win the season series. And uh, also, I think that if you play more than half of your games within your division, which I think you might anyway, 19 times 4 still is more than half the game, so maybe that metric works out. Um, so if you play them in the division, then you keep those rivalries, and also you cut down on travel. I still think we need to play the rest of the NL to you know see how you match up. And you just like, okay, we play four games against the Giants on, on the road, three games against the Dodgers at home, you know, and you just kind of switch it up again like that. And you have one you know series. What? How, about, how about we end the whole two games, three games, four games? Every fucking series is three games. It doesn't make any sense that some game, some series are four games and some series are two games and some are three. Most are three. Like, just do three. Just just make that a rule. Well, 11 divided by three doesn't work. You're going to have to have two four-game series in there for the interdivisional. Oh, you're saying then, interdivision. I'm talking about outside the division. And just three games against everybody else. And, and you know, I mean, th- I, that's the way I would like it to work with still most of the games in the division. And I think it will. And Any yeah. thoughts on this? You know, I'm looking. The Cubs were supposed to play the uh, AL East this year. So you had series in, uh, against Baltimore, against Boston, against the Yankees, Tampa Bay, and then, of course, the White Sox, which are AL Central. So, you know, yeah, you know, the way that this is kind of turning out, I mean, I think scratching AL games, even though it sucks, I think that's kind of the way to go. Here's the only problem with scratching AL games. Each team has 15 teams. Or each team. Each, <laughs> each league. league has 15 teams. You're right. And when 14 teams are playing, there's one team that will not. Yeah, be I knew there was something fucked in my math. I knew right. it. That, and that's where the problem is. So, but Danny, your idea still fine. Just do all, just do each league. And then whichever teams are left over at any given day, those are the teams that play each other. I mean, I guess 81 games is exactly half. You could take it down to nine games. In, you know, I'd, I'd nine prefer- interleague games? Yeah, well, no, you no, no nine interdivision inter- games. And then, no. yeah, I, I mean, I'd prefer, in fact, I thought about it. I was like, let's just, everybody only plays their division, 80, 81 games. Like, let's go. And, mm-hmm. you know, I thought that would be fun. Um, and then then that makes the playoffs a little bit better. You just got to fight it out in your division against those teams and you know NL is you know I mean I think the Dodgers run away with the uh with the west I th- I think that the east and the central are a total dogfight except for just a few teams like the Marlins and Pirates so I think that would be exciting just from the stand and it would cut down on all the traffic like 81 interdivisional games but yeah you can't do it because of stupid unbalanced be, because the leagues are balanced. The leagues used to not be balanced. It used to be 
uh, there was one extra team in the NL. Well, yeah. actually, I guess it works out to two extra teams in the NL, and then because uh, there were sixteen right. in the NL and fourteen in the until, AL until, they until the, the Astros, Astros moved. Yeah. Which is always so silly that like the Brewers used to be AL and then they came over and, right. yeah. and then they gave the Astros the move. Like yeah. that was weird. Yeah, it was just uh, like you guys, uh, you don't know what you're doing, do you? <laughs> oh my God, they don't know what you they're just doing. hate baseball. Um, so and I also think that a really good idea right now would Stop, be to Danny. Inst- don't fucking say it. You got to go. You got to protect your starting pitchers in this. No, case. you don't. This is. Bullshit. It's, it's apocalyptic. Fuck you you got to bring you, in the DH. Fuck you. No. <laughs> the DH is stupid. It's fucking. No. Keep the rules different. AL has the DH. That's great. It's It was a weird thing when they did it in the first place. It created a situation in which there are two completely different styles of baseball across the league. Keep that. That is what makes baseball interesting when you do have interleague games and if you don't have interleague games at all until the world series it just makes it that much more interesting i don't know it's no yeah you you michael it's time to pull together as a no it's not this is stupid (laughs) the dh the dh wasn't needed when they did it it didn't fucking changed anything and now that we have it the one thing that we have that's amazing about the dh is that there's two leagues with different rules but don't we need to come together as one no, people right baby. now <laughs> no <laughs> the dh i'm kidding i'm kidding i i, no, I don't give a fuck what they do with no the DH. single rule the single rule bullshit is stupid and before anybody fucking says anything yeah i think they should do that in other leagues too you can't fucking uh throw the ball in the afc okay (laughs) you can't shoot three pointers in the east in the nba like that kind of shit would be amazing Uh, (laughs) (laughs) actually that just set way more people off yeah yeah i'm I'm gonna need to in the nhl you only have Four guys in the West. Yeah, and <laughs> the Ottawa Senators don't wear helmets. Um, so, anyway, uh, so any more opinions on this season? I know that we just kind of don't know. It's all speculation, but. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, that's the thing. You know, we just got to wait for announcements and see what happens. I've, it really bums me out because I was really looking forward to us doing a podcast in London, you know, and that's oh, clearly that's not the other happen. thing. Yeah, that's off. Yeah. Have they have they canceled it completely? No, not no. officially. But I mean, how right. are you, you know, when you're talking about a condensed schedule, how you can have two teams go over to London and play. That, oh, my I mean, God. That's this is MLB. That's the one fucking dumb thing they'll keep going. What? the? You know the, what I mean? The, London the, trip? the international series. No, I don't know, man. I I don't think anybody's traveling. And that's the other thing is like, I don't want to. Why haven't they canceled it already? Like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, they're trying to make it happen. I I honestly, I do not think it'll happen either. But leave it to MLB to fucking start the season like June, uh, June 15th. But the first two games are in London. Like instead of Japan, like they do in the fucking spring training thing, yeah. and they're uh, they're on at like t- t- eight in the morning when everybody has to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like that, this year, this year opening day will be in London. We've got tickets, boys. 
All right, let's be there. go right up. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> and then the rest of the league will start a week later or some dumb shit. Yeah. Um, well, we'll see what happens. I mean, I, th- I do agree that they should probably be announcing things soon, but I don't think that they can. I think that they've got a lot of different plans in place. And when they get kind of get the green light to, you know, you know, stick their have, heads. Have up you out guys of canceled your tickets? No. Or your plans? No, 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 no. I, I haven't either. We got a, we got an email from our Airbnb today. And the woman that owns the place is kind of asking us, like, hey, what's going on? Are you guys planning on coming or whatever? And just kind of reaching out. And you're like, I don't fucking know. There's a worldwide pandemic on, woman. You're wondering about your June bookings right now? Come on. Well, my guess, though, is that she's looking. There There are a lot of people stuck in London or something oh, that I want long-term rentals. And you're like, nope, not giving it up to them. <laughs> Sit on <laughs> the street. Got paper, please. Yeah. <laughs> no, we've got two weeks at that place. And uh, and I'm sure she's just trying to figure her, her stuff life out. out yeah, yeah we, we got that email today. So uh, let's move on. Uh, so I did put out on the Ranters page, you know, hey, what do you guys want to talk about right now? <laughs> and there were a couple of really good suggestions uh, on there. You, uh, one of them was to talk about like an awesome ball game from the past and uh, just kind of go through it and reminisce about something that we may or may not remember or want to be reminded of or learn about. So. Crawley, I, you're taking this segment about uh, a game which is actually played on Johnny Onomatopoeia's birthday. Our, September our- 27th, 2003 is the game that I decided to pick for just an amazing uh, memory of mine uh, as far as Cubs games are concerned. A lot of people think about 2003 and remember that the Cubs were five outs away from the World Series. They don't realize that the team was okay. You know what I mean? They were about, you know, a little bit over 500 at the All-Star break. I think they were in third place behind uh, Houston and St. Louis. And uh, Jim Hendry, uh, 2003, if you want to talk about a great year for, for Henry, 2000, you know, Jim Henry, 2002-2003, he was able to take uh, – he was able to get Eric Karros and Mark Rudzelanek and give up Todd Huntley, who was just awful here. Uh, in 2003, though, around the All-Star break, he starts making some moves. He gets uh, Kenny Lofton and he gets uh, Aramis Ramirez. And he gives them, uh, what was it, gave him Bobby Hill? And then they ended up uh, getting Randall Simon, and the team just went on an absolute tear in the second half. And so it, it, it's it's a three team race, and 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 the teams, if you remember that year, uh, St. Louis and uh, the Cubs had a nasty doubleheader where Dusty Baker and Tony Larusa are John from the dugouts, and it was oh, it was yeah. a fun race in the second half. And all of a sudden, right at the very end, you know, St. Louis starts dropping back, and it's now a two team race between Houston and the Cubs. And uh, the exciting thing about it, and I remember Jim Edmonds saying something like, you know, I hope the Astros win. They deserve it more for the, than the Cubs and all this bullshit, uh, you know, Jim and, Edmonds crap. Yeah. And so on, uh, and the date was September 26. It was the last series of the season. On September 26, the Cubs were supposed to play the Pirates, <laughs> and the Astros were in Milwaukee, and they were going to play the um, Brewers, who were very bad at the time. And what happens is that the Cubs on Friday, it is pouring out. And uh, Crane, Kenny, and, and the guys over uh, you know, with the Cubs, 
they need to go to his honor, the old Honorable Mayor Richard Daly, and trying to get a split day-night doubleheader is what they wanted to do. But at that, you know, like today, even the Cubs have restrictions amount on the amount of night games that they can have. And so they were working on this all night and nobody knew even around 1130 midnight, whether or not you, if you had a ticket for Friday, if it would be honored for Saturday. In the meantime, I'm at a sports bar watching the Houston versus Pirates or uh, Brewers game. And Houston had really good teams back then, you know, where you're talking about, uh, Biggio and Bagwell and uh, Berkman, the Killer Bees and all that stuff. And they lost the Friday night game. And so as it is now with the doubleheader on Saturday and Houston playing Milwaukee again on Saturday, the magic number is down to three. If the Cubs win both games of the doubleheader and Houston loses, the Cubs have a chance to clinch on Saturday. And so what ends up happening is the mayor rejects the idea of having the split day night doubleheader. So if you had tickets to the very important game to start out the series against the Pirates, you were given a voucher for 2004. Oh, I had tickets for Brutal. Saturday and I woke up and a little bit hungover, you know, and my the phone's ringing in the morning and I'm trying to figure out what the, you know, who's calling me this early and it's my dad. And he calls me and he says, get your ass down to Wrigley because you're going to both games. It was, uh, we didn't know, you know, at the time. And so I bust down to Wrigley and uh, it was me and my wife and my brother and his girlfriend at the time. And uh, he, we, we get down to Wrigley and it is, uh, the first game is, is a pretty close game. You got a, a Mark Pryor on the mound versus Josh Fogg. If anyone remembers uh, Josh Fogg on that one there. But, uh, <laughs> I remember a boss hog. Two, two G's in that fog? Two G's in the fog, my friend. I do remember that guy. You know, and so the Cubs lineup, you had Kenny Lofton leading off, Mark Redzelanik at second, Sosa batting third, Alou batting fourth, Ramirez batting fifth, Radnell Simon playing first, the usually sure-handed Alex Gonzalez at short, Damian Miller catching, and Mark Pryor just absolutely, you know, what a season he had that year. Uh, We get to the fourth inning, and the Cubs and Pirates are tied at the top of the fourth. And uh, Craig Wilson hits a deep drive de- uh, to deep left field, line drive home run to deep left, and the Cubs are down one nothing. But in the bottom of the inning, all of a sudden they get to fog. You get a single by Mark Redzelanik to start the inning, walks by Sosa and Alou. Aramis Ramirez grounds out, scoring a run, so the game is tied. Randall Simon uh, hits a sack fly, and the score is now 2-1 to one Cubs. So with the Cubs leading 2-1, it's kind of you're feeling good. And I remember I remember real clearly when I walked to Wrigley that day, that building right outside by the left field foul pole had the magic number spray painted. The, the number three was spray painted on there as I walked into the park. And, you know, we're, it, what made this so exciting is we're also watching, this is before the Jumbotrons, really before smartphones and all that stuff. We're watching, you know, when the scoreboard operator would put up you know, the scores for the, for the Houston Milwaukee game. And so the Cubs are ahead now two to one. So it's still, still a little bit close. You know, you're a little bit nervous. We're getting to the bottom of the fifth. Now, Damian Miller, this is when they start getting to him. Damian Miller hits a home run off of Josh Fogg prior with the single Lofton with the single Grudzelanik with a bunt ground out. And then Sammy Sosa with the sack fly. And so now the score is four to one. Uh, Rob McCoviak, if you remember him, hits a uh, single to score for the uh, in the top of the six. So the Cubs are up four two. 
you're going to then have Kyle Farnsworth pitch 1.1 innings. He'll come in in the uh, bottom, in the bottom, in the top of the seventh, and finish up the eighth, and give it up to Sweaty Joe Borowski to close out the ninth. <laughs> sweaty <inning>. Joe, <laughs> Sweaty Red Face Joe. He, uh, you know, he always made things interesting. Give up a two-out single, gives up a walk to, to, uh, you know, and uh, luckily he then induces a, a pop fly from Jason Kendall. Cubs magic number down to two. Now, in between, you couldn't leave the park for this. Uh, sp- it was a split day night doubleheader. Then all of a sudden, while that's happening, the unthinkable happens, and that's Houston loses again to the uh, Brewers. The Brewers did the Cubs a favor. They beat the uh, the Brewers. 5-2 uh, to two was the final on that. And so Houston, in this huge series, drops two games in a row. And that takes us to the second half of the doubleheader, which was, you know, luckily much, much more of a blowout. And then and, and the party's kind of getting ready to start. Uh, the famous soul patch man, uh, Matt Clement, was on the mound for the Cubs versus Ryan Vogelsong. Lineup was pretty similar. You had a couple changes. But uh, the game starts off with a Sammy Sosa solo home run, and, and, you know, then the Cubs are off and running. In the first couple innings, it's, it's pretty much over. Sosa hits a home run to give the Cubs a one nothing lead. Uh, and so, like I said, you know, that, that was just always fun. That was a deep fly ball out to center field. And then in the second inning, the Cubs just start crushing. Ramos Ramirez with the single off Ryan Vogel's song. Carroll's with the single. Ramon Martinez with the single. He's playing oh, short. Michael game. Cotton, he's he's getting a boner right now listening to all these singles. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Baco with the single. Uh, oh. Bunt ground out. Kenny Lofton takes an intentional walk. Grudzelanik with the single. Oh, Michael. And then Sammy Sosa <laughs> strikes out swinging. Grudzelanik steals second. Lofton scores on a... Aaron throw by the catcher. And so by the end of the inning, by the time that inning's over, it's six, nothing. The, the game finally, you know, ends with a, uh, what was it? Seven to two score. And, you know, the party begins. I remember the uh, Sammy Sosa and the rest of the team coming out to the bleachers and spraying champagne and that, and that magic number, get, you know, it's finally done. The Cubs have clinched and added bonus. I had tickets to the next game, which was on Sunday and that was the day that they retired Ron Santos' jersey where they lifted the flag and he gave the this is my Hall of Fame speech and, and took the golf cart around to all the fans. It was it was one of the wow. greatest 48 hours I ever had. As yeah, a what a weekend. What a we- And, and do, do you remember, was it still, I see that second game, even though it was 7-2, to two, was played in two hours and 26 minutes. <laughs> and it started at 5:30 so it i guess it ended at 8 o'clock it might it probably wasn't light still or maybe just just had gotten dark so plenty of time to party on that saturday night too it must have been off the chain down there that night it was yeah i stayed down that night for sure and it was it was definitely a party and uh you know if god you know i, I look at that 2003 team and it was just you literally had everything you needed. All the ingredients were there. I still think they were the best team that year, even though they didn't win the World Series. Oh, uh, you, you, and everybody from 1969. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just. I mean, when you when I'm looking at the lineup, and, and like I said, you got Lofton, who you know was one of the best leadoff hitters I ever seen in the Cubs uniform, which isn't saying much, you know that, and Bobby Dernier, uh, and you, and obviously throw Dexter Fowler in later, but. Uh, you know, it was it was great to watch. When you see Lofton and then Grudzelanik, who was just so great with the bat, you know, 
take a look at this here. The OPS of Kenny Lofton in, in 2003 was 803. And then the second hitter, Mark Grudzelanek, was at 785. And then you had Sosa with 909. I mean, I mean, these, I mean, and then Alou at 814. You know, it's it just like, and then you got to go through Aramis Ramirez. I mean, they just had a really, really good deep team. The pitching that year was just phenomenal with uh, Wooden Pryor having their best seasons as Cubs. Uh, you know, uh, you had Clement as your number three. You had, uh, uh, Zambrano was your number four. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, and really, young at that time. Right. You had everything other than a bullpen. The bullpen was the glaring weakness that ended up biting us in the ass later on. Yeah, no real closer, right? I mean, if you're throwing Dave Varis out there. Yeah, you had Varis. Borowski did okay Borowski, closing, yeah. but Varis and, you know, you had Farnsworth <laughs> who could be inconsistent, and you had uh, Antonio Alfonseca and those kind of and guys. And his extra finger. <laughs> Six fingers. Oh yeah, six, six finger, finger from Mordecai Brown. Yeah, that was that was, again. That if you if you listen to Pat Hughes's voices of the game for Ron Santo, there's a there's a really funny bit where uh, Ron Santo's interviewing Alfonseca, and Alfonseca can't understand a word that uh, Santo's saying, and vice versa. <laughs> it, 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 that is a great clip. I love it. And he thinks, and, and, and the best part is is Santo thinks that. Antonio Alfonseca's name of you know how Ronnie never did research on anything. Oh yeah, he, he thinks that the guy's name is Al as a first name, and Fonseca's his neck is is last. <laughs> so he, he called him Al the entire interview. So, so Al, Al, tell me. <laughs> oh, I love Ronnie. God. Oh, yeah. if you can get, uh, I recommend going to Pat Hughes' Voices of the Game website and getting that Ron Santo uh, CD. And there's just some funny calls, but that 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 Alfonseca and, and Ron Santo interview is absolutely cringeworthy, hilarious. Yeah, and plug plug your uh, Pat Hughes shirts right now too, as long as we're talking about Pat. And we're yeah, again, yeah. if you go to Pat's the, site, the or, greatest or... time ever to start a uh, t-shirt company <laughs> with baseball stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know all that shit. Oh boy! Uh, but yeah, yeah. To, uh, I mean, honestly, it's a bad time to start anything. Everybody needs to buy these. Crawley has fifty thousand of them in his garage. You can't park in there. If you go to uh, Crawley's Clubhouse, C R A W L Y S Clubhouse dot com, you can get your Pat Hughes T shirt. And then, and again, it's a great shirt. And when baseball starts, you're all ready. You got something new to wear when when you go to your first game. Or you just you get the one that has uh, the final call for the World Series, and you just put that one on, and you just rewatch the World Series over and over again. You you know they are starting that tonight. That is on uh, Marquee Network. They are playing yeah, NL NLDS games. <laughs> Sorry, I, I had to. You won't be booing about that in a year. <laughs> <laughs> So it just needed to happen. I mean, I'd, I'd like trigger fig. You said marquee, and I just like went right. <laughs> on, on, on the network, you won't be booing in a year. On marquee, um, they are actually starting uh, the. There's your complicated T-shirt. The, the, the network, you won't be booing next year. In the uh, what you call, they're going to be. Um, they're going to be playing NLDS game one, which I could have easily put as a look back, but I decided to go far back because I don't know how many of these I have to do. But uh, with that game, I was at that game. It was uh, John Lester versus Johnny Cueto, and that was uh, that was the uh, Javi Baez solo home run yeah. that would have landed on, on, on Waveland. It would have been down the street. Barely but made the, the wind basket. was howling in, and it just made it into the basket. I thought – I was at that game too, and I thought off the bat, like I – 
jumped up from my chair and just was already cheering it before it landed. And then I realized it might not get out like in the middle of the flight of the ball. And I was like, oh, God, oh, God. And it did the moment that it just freaking, you know, popped into that basket. I just I felt such relief. I mean, what inning did that happen? It was late. It was like the seventh inning. I want to say something like that. Yeah, it was late. I just remember clearly that the wind was really blowing in, and and you know, you know, for me specifically, being in Crawley Land, you know, I've been in those seats around the four hundred four, four hundred six section for twenty years now, and so it's like I have a really good idea of what's a home run, not off the bat. And when he hit that one, it was when you looked at the trajectory. Like I said, I thought it was going to land on Waveland. You know, it was high. it, it was high and, and it was off the bat. You heard how the crack of the bat. But the one thing that, you know, I always do is, is you know, I take a look at the ball, but then take a look at what the outfielder is doing, you know. And all of a sudden I see it was Angel Pagan, former Cub in left field. And he's and he's kind of, you know, going onto the track and he's feeling around for the Ivy behind him. And I'm watching and this ball is just dying. And Javi, uh, you know, was basically moonwalking around the bases <laughs> at this point. Who, who, who is? Javi Baez. Yeah, he like, was he's pimped it out big time. Yeah, he was still at home plate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the ball is just dying so fast. And it literally like landed on the top of the lip of the basket and rolled down. I was like, holy Jesus, it just made it out. <laughs> it just made it. Yeah, yeah, no. And then there's my tie guy stealing it out of a kid's hand right after that. That was the <laughs> Give it, punching the kids out of the way. Punching the kids out of the way, trying to get that gamer. My tie bought a Pat Hughes t shirt. I can't wait to see it on him. Oh yeah. No, and he's he's a handsome, handsome man, so that'll be that'll definitely sell a lot of shirts for you. <laughs> Oh, I kid. Right, I, uh, I kid everybody. Um, so, Danny, do you want me to go after a game here? or Go after a game? To, to talk about a game? I don't know. Oh, did you I have was one? really bad about this on our uh, text messages. Yeah, I have no I'm idea what you're planning. Me. I asked you because Tony Spangenberg on the Rangers page asked for some information on actual Cubs, like bear Cubs, like animal bear Cubs. The and, only thing I can say about actual bears – is a teddy bear, a giant teddy bear that I put on my neighbor's porch because they have self-quarantined themselves. <laughs> so you're fucking with them. Nice. So I'm fucking with them. Yeah, they're they're Packers fans. So I have a, a <laughs> so like a, an adult-sized bear that I put a Brian Erlacher jersey on, and he's sitting on their front step. <laughs> they can't get him because they won't go outside. You're so there. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, that's interesting. Well, I, I can give you a couple of facts that I looked up just. Oh, well, I was really... going to say I did look up a game is all. I oh, no. Wait, oh, can oh, I... We could save it for later. If no, we in the, another... I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind talking about another game. I think it's, I, I'm actually kind of in a much better mood after hearing Crawley describe like those games in detail and, you know, telling us, you know, the good old days and looking forward to that happening for us again. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually in a much better mood than I was when we started. So thank you for that. But um, I'll just to break it up, I'm going to give you a couple factoids about actual cool. bear cubs and then you can. Uh, oh, about, about actual the, bear cubs, actual bear cubs. And I uh, heard bears are assholes. Well, some are. I mean, they're they're really <laughs> cute. I mean, I really like bears. I mean, they're just like humans. Yeah, some are. Some are. Um, but ju- just a few things. Um, let me ask you. What do and I know you're looking at my notes, but I'm just gonna say this in joke form. What do <laughs> what do C well, behind the scenes on that one? Yeah, what do C B Buckner and Bear Cubs have in common? 
They uh, were. I believe they have. They both have Italian sweaters. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were both born blind. So yeah, yeah. Bears are born blind and they can't really see shit for like a long time. They're completely dependent on their mother. They're just stumbling around all hairless and blind. Which, if I had known that, I wouldn't like bears as much. No, no. Next time, <laughs> because you don't like blind. No, the hairless. Children. No, it's the hairless thing. <laughs> oh, the hairless. Oh. Like you ever go to somebody's house that has like, and I, and I'm sure I'm gonna get some hate mail, but those hairless cats that people. Oh like, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I I thought Danny was going to go on his rant that he has about Caillou, oh, the hairless oh, that, cartoon that character. Fucking, yeah, no, I, I I'd never watched that show. I, I was I, I was thinking though that the next time you you know you have real bear facts, real cubs facts, you could because when you started it, it sounded like Karnak the Magnificent. For anyone that liked uh, Johnny Carson, oh back yeah, in yeah, when he, he put the envelope to his head and then he would say like what it's. What it's the answer to, right? And then he'd open it up, and it'd be yeah, random he, and funny. yeah. He'd give you the the the, the classic, uh, yeah. The, the routine was just brilliant, you know what I mean? And so, and you had Ed McMahon there, and everything. It was great. <laughs> yeah, Michael Cotton's my Ed McMahon. Yeah, it would it would be even better on a podcast where you can't actually see somebody hold a closed envelope, and he would wear that crazy looking genie turban. On his head and, <laughs> and a cape, you know, he, he played it up. Yeah, that would not work on a podcast. But, <laughs> but, I, but yeah, that's one bare fact. And also, polar bears are born blind and deaf. And uh, they're, they're really not on their own. Bear cubs aren't on their own until they're two or three years old. So, wow. so they got that not going for them. You know what? I have children. I'm pretty sure... They are both blind and deaf because every time I ask them to find something, <laughs> they just don't do it. And then when I finally get them to do it, they can't see shit right in the in fucking front. like on the floor in front of them. So, yeah, so and they don't get on their own until they're at least 18. So, so maybe, maybe those they're... bears have it easy. Yeah. Yeah. Humans are the ones that are in trouble, like literally. Um <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, tell us about another fun ball game, Michael. All right. What, uh, what, what do you got? I'm going to – everybody, let's just close our eyes and remember back to a magical season <laughs> called 2016. <laughs> and uh, one little thing that's going to be forgotten about the 2016 season is that the Cubs – ended that year well this uh, this actually won't be forgotten but people won't realize it's a weird thing until uh they really think about it 103 and 58 that's only 161 games not 162 you're right like they actually play you're right i forgot about this yeah but apparently there was a game that was never a game even though it is a game in some respects and not a game in other respects. So, of course, I'm talking about September 29th, 2016. The Cubs were in Pittsburgh playing the Pirates in the middle of a rainstorm. And uh, the game got shut down in the sixth inning and because the Cubs had already clinched home field advantage and the Pirates were already mathematically eliminated. 
MLB decided they would just not replay this game and it would end in a tie. Do you guys remember this game? Yeah, fly the T, baby. (laughs) Yeah, fly the T. It's one of those things that, like, of all the crazy things we talk about in 2016, the the rain delay, the, you know, down three games to one, like, all the shit that happened. Like, we're just going to forget about the fact that the Cubs had a tie that year. Because it's not it's not recognized now in the official books. They just got rid of the game. But here's the weird thing. Even though they got rid of the game, they decided that any stat that any player put together in that game would still count. So the players have 162 games worth of stats, but the team itself only has 161 (laughs) games on the thing because I have no idea why. Major League Baseball refuses to put uh, 103.57 and 1. Or no, it would be 103.58 and 1 as the official record for the Cubs. Isn't that weird? And and this lineup for that game was a classic Joe Madden lineup. Oh, it it was. was, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Bryant didn't play in this game. Otherwise, Tommy we might have won. Stella leading off at third base. <laughs> Albert Almora batting that, second center field. And that's not the Angels, Tommy Listella. Not the Listella that lit the world on fire last year. Addison Russell hit third and played short. Wilson Contreras, cleanup hitter, playing left field. Oh, God. Javi Baez playing first base. Oh, Jesus. Matt Caesar in right field. <laughs> Tim Federovich catching. Oh, Jesus. Muroniro Kawasaki at second base and starting the game, Rob Z. Rob Rob Zestrizny. They were going with a bullpen game in this one because everything was already, you know, done. Uh, You know, and yeah, so Fedorovich, you know, kind of a butt of jokes. He actually hit the sacrifice fly that scored Wilson Contreras. Oh, catcher power, baby. Catcher on catcher love right there. (laughs) But what's interesting is on the, uh, you know, over on the Pirates side, it was Josh Bell hitting the sacrifice fly, scoring their catcher, Fryer. I don't know his name. (laughs) I have no idea who Fryer is. Eric Fryer. Yeah, Eric Fryer. Fine. I, I still don't know who he is. (laughs) <laughs> that didn't help me much. I don't think he even knows who he is. <laughs> but yeah, so you know, two catchers score the uh the only runs. The Cubs scored in the second, the Pirates scored in the third. They went to the sixth. I believe the Cubs came out in the sixth to bat, but then they just decided not to move on. But yeah, so the game ends after five innings which is an official game, right? Which is why all these, you know, stats still count. But then they just decided to get rid of the game as for the teams. I don't know. It's it's That is weird. Um, Do you know what's uh, also frustrating about this game? It's another game in which the Cubs only scored one run off Ivan Nova. <laughs> and you're like, God right. damn it. Like, how is this guy... And it wasn't always like this. Like, I know that we've beaten up on Ivan Nova in the past, you know, but just not recently, not last year. 
Yeah. Now I will say, so yeah. So even though, uh, Major League Baseball, the Chicago Cubs, the Pittsburgh Pirates do not recognize this game in the official record. My wife has my wife, my wife, <laughs> my wife has a scarf knitted by Don Strand. And in this scarf, this game, she actually knitted a tie into the game. So if you guys are not aware, Don Strand did this amazing thing in 2016 where she chronicled the entire season in her yeah. scarf with uh, wins as one color, losses as a different color, away wins as one color, and away losses as another color. All the way through the entire season until they won the championship. So she has this amazing scarf and I thought it was so great. Uh, I reached out to her and asked her to, you know, make one for my wife for her birthday. But what I loved about it, and I was looking through this scarf when we got, I'm like, wait, why is this one got two colors in it? Because she, Don Strand's scarf is the official record of the 2016, of the 2016 season, season. And it's got because the it tea. has the tie. It's got the tie. Yeah. So well, thank you, Don. Amazing scarf. Uh, amazing job, you know, recognizing that. And uh, a game that may be forgotten at some point. That's definitely going to come up in, in trivia at some someday. Like, I don't know how they'll ask the question, but the fact that that tie exists. Right. You know, it'll be it'll be like the, the good question would be in 2016, the Cubs won 103 games. How many games did they lose? Yeah. And everybody's just going to do the math. 59, yeah. But it would be wrong. That's yep. funny. Pardon the interruption, but the Sunranto Show is brought to you by LinkedIn. Uh, the perfect hire can have an impact on your business for years to come. So when you need to find that next person to help grow your business, LinkedIn Jobs will match the right talent with your open role fast. LinkedIn has over 675 million members worldwide. LinkedIn job screens candidates with the hard and soft skills that you're looking for so you can hire the right person quickly. Things like collaboration, creativity, adaptability. LinkedIn looks beyond the work skills and puts your job post in front of qualified candidates who match your business requirements perfectly. That's how LinkedIn makes sure your job post is seen by the people that you want to hire. People with skills, qualifications, and other interests that will help your business grow. It's no wonder a person is hired every eight seconds with LinkedIn. And why companies rated LinkedIn Jobs the number one hiring platform for delivering quality hires. So find the right person for your business today with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. Just visit linkedin.com slash team. Again, that's linkedin.com slash team to get $50 off of your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. Back to the show. Well, thank you. I, I, I'm in less of a better mood now. <laughs> like talking about ties instead of like, nice game, Michael. I, I mean, did I not write like, let's talk about an awesome ball game. And you're like, hey, let's talk about a game that didn't matter. Didn't even doesn't even count. <laughs> I think it's an amazing story. I love it. It's, it is a great story. Yeah. Yeah. So I got another kind of interesting story, but it, the story has been told many times and it's been told very recently that I want to kind of point out on the Cultivating Cthulhu podcast, which uh, I don't know if you guys listen to that on the regs 
or heard possibly these episodes. They just had two episodes in February about the the uh, nineteen eighteen World Series against the Red Sox. Uh, do you have you heard those episodes? I have not. It's uh, so th- one of them Corey Finneran did, and uh, he talked about you know the the fact that. Uh, y- well, all the things going into that season that it was a, a shortened season because of World War One, and that they played the World Series in September, and you know things like that. So the Red Sox won the series four to two despite scoring only nine runs to the Cubs ten. All that stuff is in their podcast, so go listen to that. And then Michael from Galesburg, one of the members of their podcast, did a whole thing about uh, that the Cubs might have thrown that World Series. And I'll go a little bit into that in case you didn't hear it. Um, But uh, there's quite a bit of evidence that actually some recent evidence that's resurfaced because of a document that was purchased by the Chicago History Museum. That was the, I think it's the depositions of the 1919 Black Sox scandal, which, you know, eight men out and all that stuff and everybody, you know, getting thrown out of baseball and the White Sox for throwing that uh, series. But uh, a a recent document came to light in which Eddie Seacoat, one of the guys that was thrown out, said, well, we got the idea from the Cubs who had done it the year before and all made 10 grand when uh, the the owner of the team at the time, which I don't think it was Wrigley. It was the guy before. Wiegman. Wiegman. And and, uh, the guy before, Wiegman, was not going to pay them Either team, the Red Sox, the Red Sox owner was the same way. I don't know if that was Frazy at the time. It might have been uh, the guy that sold Babe Ruth, which is what he's probably most famous for. Um, anyway, they weren't going to give the players their money. And so the players were really pissed off. And the players didn't get paid much back then anyway. And uh, so the players were pissed off. They weren't even going to play the game. But they were so pissed off by the time they got to game four in Boston that they were going to basically strike right there and refuse to to play. So all, all that stuff's in uh, about the gambling is in those uh, Cultivating Cthulhu episodes. So I'm not going to go too much into that. But I did want to talk about the 1918 season because not only was there a war going on that ended the regular season on Labor Day because of a work or fight order. Like they didn't, they weren't even going to play this whole season. Like Ban Johnson didn't want to play the 1918 World Series Se- or the whole season because... They had already been in the war. The United States had already been in the war, World War One, for over a year. And all these dudes are getting drafted and sent over there to die in the trenches. So they were trying to – well, the government said, no, you're playing. You know, they said, no, we want you guys in there. Woodrow Wilson said this is necessary that the season happens. Everybody loves baseball. We got to keep this going. This is bad for morale if we shut down the baseball season, but as that year went on and the trenches meat grinder kept happening in Europe and, you know, more and more, you know, boys were dying over there. People were really questioning the fact whether this baseball should be played, that these dudes need to actually, there was a huge man shortage at this point. Danny, are you trying to tell me that there were SJWs a hundred years ago? What's a SJW? A social justice warrior. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, 
So, yeah, no, <laughs> they, they were mad. They mean to derail you. No, they, I mean, but no, there was this, people were starting to get pissed off that this, you know, grumbling that, hey, why do these guys just get to go out here and play a kid's game for entertainment while, you know, we're getting shipped off to Europe to die. So oh, there, oh, so so it was kind of the other way. It wasn't as... Yeah, no, it was they the weren't, other They weren't thinking like, ah, we're, you know, we're not paying attention to the things we're supposed to be paying attention to it was the no that dude's just as capable of catching a bullet as me yeah exactly exactly that's not so nice yeah no and so people were mad and so the the, uh, government passed this worker fight order which at some point during so basically what this order said was if you do not sign up for the draft uh if you're of fighting age and you're not working in a in an industry that is, you know, a, a war footing industry like making bullets or tanks or whatever it is, or over there fighting and have no other reasonable excuse like, you know, being too sick to go or something, then you you um, are going to go to jail. You're going to get hauled off to jail. So what was happening that season was, you know, all these dudes that, you know, did not sign up for the draft, did not sign up for the army, you know, or dodging the draft or whatever. You know, they're at the ball game. The you know, the the lousy fifteen percent as Lee Elia would have called them <laughs> out at the ball game and the cops they would halt ball games and the cops would come in and haul these dudes away to jail for not fighting against the war. Or or for the war. And um and so that was going on amidst this backdrop. So finally they decide they're gonna cut the season short, it's gonna end on Labor Day. Which was September second, and they wanted right to be- because people stopped going to the games. Well, they were like, "My buddy went to the game. He's in uh, now. He's, he's in, in England right now. Yeah, now in that shot at. yeah, being shot at. Well, France is where most of those battles took place. But I, I, man, I I fucking took a stab. Nobody knows anything about World War One, no, including I- me. I, I know a lot about World War One. Yeah, me too. Oh, no, I don't okay. know what your problem is, Michael. So I'm the <laughs> asshole. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks for having my back on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying, you know, you could educate yourself. <laughs> I mean, you, I could. You are in quarantine. Instead, you're putting fucking giant stuffed bears on your neighbor's fucking porch. God so- damn it. I, what, <laughs> hey, you know, I went and I watched a movie uh, this, you know, about 1917. Isn't that enough? We're talking uh, you know, about it, it's an interesting war because, you know, you also have the Bolshevik revolution that breaks out, you know. Man, I thought you were going to say bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> it ended up being, yeah. There's there's a lot of interesting things about World War One, but uh, we'll keep it baseball. Yeah, and end of the Ottoman Empire and all that, and yep, yeah, yep, and, yep. yeah, and when the yeah when the commies took over in uh, Russia, I mean that really changed because they just they came out they they're like, all right, we're not going to fight Germany anymore. We've got our own shit going on, and that's when America pretty much came in. So right, because Germany was forced to fight a two front war on the Western and Eastern front and Russia kind of sucked because they weren't really industrialized. And so what ends up happening is basically the only thing Russia had was just people. It was just waves and waves of people and they kept losing every battle, but they kept Germany occupied for about three years. And and by the way, when Russia finally pulls out, then when they start moving to the Western front, that's when the Americans come in and they finish it up at the second battle of the Marne. Yeah. And what a bloody I mean, I mean, I have to recommend another podcast here. Uh, Dan Carlin's hardcore history about the meat grinder that was World War One. It is not for the faint of heart to hear some of these stories of like 
dudes drowning in bloody mud and nobody being able to get them out and just, well, just so many millions of deaths. But actually, because, uh, I mean, this stuff was not covered on the Cultivating Cthulhu, but there was, um, but I do want to say this before I move on to the 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 quote-unquote, I'm using air quotes here, the quote-unquote Spanish flu that was kicking off as this uh, season, as this world, as the season and World Series uh, was starting and ending. So, uh, but I do want to point out that um, the Cardinals that year of 1918, despite being shortened, they came in last place in all of the major leagues that year, going 51 and 78, playing five games under their Pythag. And I think it was probably because. <laughs> Because the minor leagues had already been axed for that entire year as those guys went off to fight. Because the minor major leagues were counted as, okay, we need this. This is an essential industry to entertain people while this terrible war is going on. But uh, the minor leagues were gone. So the Cardinals without a minor league to, uh, to draw from, 51-78, and 78, last place, worst team in baseball. So I don't know how many times that's happened through history, but it happened that year. The 84 and 45 Cubs ended up playing the 75 and 51 Red Sox. A um, couple things about that World Series, well documented. Uh, Chicago, all the games were pl- not played at Wiegman Park, which became Wrigley Field. They were played at Comiskey because they had a larger seating capacity. Um, the Red Sox won four games to two, um, and all of the games took under two hours to play. Uh, this is uh, was part of um, the, the World Series record that stood for – Think it got broken, right? The 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 scoreless innings, World Series record of Babe Ruth, twenty two point one scoreless innings, got broken in this in this series, or maybe it was just part of it. I forget. And the Star Spangled Banner was played before one of the well. There's some people say the very first time before uh, Game One of the World Series. Some say it was it was that game at uh, Comiskey Park, I believe, or maybe it was the Boston one. Yeah, it it wasn't even the national anthem at the time. Yeah, is it? And so they played that, and I guess one of the players got out from Boston who had been in the Navy, got out to salute, and uh, you know people really liked it, and a lot of people said that that was like you know the kind of the best part of that game of just that patriotic moment. So um, anyway, what, what I kind of wanted to focus on because cultivating Cthulhu. They um, not. I mean, I wanted to focus on the war part of what was going on because it goes into the next thing I want to talk about, which is the the quote unquote Spanish flu, which should be called the Kansas flu because that's where it actually came from. Um, but yeah, but it was you know people flying in from Spain. Come on. <laughs> well, no, the reason it's called the Spanish flu, and it, Carl, you probably know this too, is is because Spain was neutral in World War One. And so they did not have a moratorium on their news. So when the flu hit there, they actually talked about it and nobody else did because it would have been bad for morale um, of the the um, combatant nations if they... If- Correct. Dur- during World War One, there was all sorts of clamps put down on everything as far as media, as far... You couldn't, you couldn't even talk ag- against the war. You would... Pe- that, w- that was the sedition laws that were passed during Wilson's time. Uh, Eugene Debs was put in jail, a couple other people. It was, it was a mess. So they controlled the news and they did not want anything getting out. And Spain being a neutral country is like, oh, we have this disease going on, which other countries did too. And... That's why it's called the Spanish flu. Yeah, because they're like, oh, these Spanish people came. But that's the only news that people were getting at the time. Yeah. So, and unfortunately, 
the World Series, you know, because the information was not really getting out too much about the Spanish flu, might have had actually quite a bit to do with helping spread that flu in Boston. Boston being a port, it was one of the many, many places on the eastern seaboard where soldiers were shipping out from. So they'd go train in somewhere like Kansas where they were at Fort Riley, which is kind of where they tr- they traced that flu from, which ended up killing as many as 100 million people worldwide. I mean, it was just ridiculous. Um, it, didn't it kill 1% <laughs> of the world population? I don't know what the population of the world is, but I know 100 million people is a fuckload. <laughs> it's a lot, and there were a lot less people back then. But, yeah, yeah I, I heard it was something like 1%, which when you hear 1% of anything, you think that's not a lot, but that's a huge amount when you're talking lives. Well, you're already talking about the meat grinder that was World War One. I. I mean, the flu right after World War One, partially spread by World War One, killed way more people. Yeah. So... It's, uh, you know, pretty insane, but the, because there was the moratorium on the news and they were intent on getting this World Series that none to in, you know, and that played, nobody wanted to that play. nobody wanted to play because they weren't getting paid anyway. Um, you know, that was possibly thrown anyway by the Cubs and it wasn't even on the level yet. They play this thing anyhow. Meanwhile, this flu had hit in Boston. Already, because of all the soldiers going through those ports, and there was not much news on it. Finally, in September of that year, the Attorney General of the United States uh, finally came out with a statement, and this this had already been going on, but he said, this disease has, is characterized by a sudden onset. This is General Rupert Blue <laughs> in September of 1918. So this <laughs> why, is, why did people seem like all the like important people back then seem to have great names? Yeah, yeah. N- now they have terrible names, but um, so uh, but he said people are stricken on the streets or while at work. First, there is a chill, then fever with temperatures from 101 to 103, headache, backache, reddening and running of the eyes, pains and aches all over the body, and general prostration. Persons so attacked should go to their homes at once, get into bed without delay, and immediately call a physician. So, um, so, and really, this flu struck, unlike the COVID-19 pandemic that's going on around now, mostly struck the young and able-bodied, like people in the prime of their lives, 20 years old, you know, uh, all of a sudden, the, the, what they said about it was that you'd be fine at breakfast and dead by dinner, and you died quick. And you bled out your eyes. You turned purple. They said they couldn't tell the black soldiers from the white soldiers. You know, hey, because hey, so Crawley? many. Yes, sir. Crawley, real quick. Um, do you remember when Danny said after my story, <laughs> he felt worse? I'm just. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, man. I know, I know. I'm taking us down a hole. Just. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm about to pull a Michael Cotton and head to my basement. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh my God, you're killing me here, man. So anyway, they, they still didn't get the news out. People are dropping dead in the streets. And specifically in Boston, uh, influenza, it, it claimed the Boston Globe uh, sports writer Eddie Martin, the secretary of the local chapter of B- the Baseball Writers of Association, um, and uh, one of the official scorers in the 1918 World Series. So he d- did the World Series and then died. Uh, right after this, Philadelphia-based baseball writer Chandler Richter, um, Francis Richter, uh, uh, 
Let's see. Um, Federal League umpire died. Ball player, Cy Swain, Larry Chappelle, Leo McGraw. Uh, you know, so and and a famous, famous umpire uh, named um, O'Glaughlin, O'Laughlin, um, who died. And uh, I, I let's see, what was the quote? I'm looking for it right now. I can't find it. Anyway, so uh, the law was in place to not hurt morale. And in the end of it all, uh, about a, a, a thousand people died in Boston uh, as the flu spread. And they had this giant win the war for freedom parade that early September, which was at the same time as the World Series. Uh, you know, it was all in Boston all at the same time. And they weren't they didn't know about it. And um, all of a sudden, like between, within that year, a thousand people died and they were still getting together at the World Series in Boston to watch games that nobody wanted to play. And they were all giving each other the flu at the same time. So so that's how the the before, you know, night. Well, the last time the, the Red Sox had won the World Series before that, it was it basically was instrumental in killing a bunch of people. And that was the last time that the Red Sox would win until breaking their own curse in, in yeah. uh, 2004. Right, exactly. So uh, <laughs> so there's do your you, there's your yeah, curses. Do you remember when we went to Fenway with Lyle and we watched the Cubs play the Red Sox? And the Red Sox had been tormented by Yankees fans for years. Yankees fans would just chant 1918. Yeah. To the Red Sox fans. And then at that game, the Red Sox fans were taunting us with, with 1918. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember that. That was great. And we could taunt them back now that we have all this information because 1918 it will be like, you fucking idiots gave everybody the goddamn flu. <laughs> right. So congratulations on your World Series win and then packing 20,000 people into Fenway Park, which is really packed. Like if you, you know, we've been there and you're, you're freaking packed in there. People were smaller back then, I guess, but. <laughs> right. They got an extra inch and a half or so. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, that was just a, I mean, it's a really strange kind of thing. And, and the reason I kind of want to bring up the flu thing, obviously, is because what's going on now and you see how Major League Baseball reacted then. Um, and, you know, didn't give the information and, st- and maybe they didn't even have the information about what was going on, but it's very different than what's happening right now. This is a very different pandemic as well that we're living through right now. But either way, that is kind of the third pillar. If you want to go and listen to those cultivating Cthulhu, um, Cthulhu episodes about throwing the game and also kind of the weirdness that was that world series, um, I don't know. Had you heard that the Cubs had thrown that? Like, everybody's blaming Max Flack. I've, I've heard it, but, you know, it always gets overlooked by the 2019 Black Sox. Or the 1919, yeah. Or, sorry, 1919 yeah. Black Sox. Yeah, I was making the same mistake every time I was looking up uh, the 1918 thing and I was Googling stuff. I kept going to 2018. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, it was Babe Ruth, uh, complete game shutout in game one. Uh, you know, but Max, Max Flack, who they – suspect of being one of the main dudes that threw that game he got picked off uh he reached base twice and he got uh he got picked he's wait sorry in the first game max reached base twice only to be picked off once by the catcher at first and again off of second by the pitcher and he's uh, is the only player to ever been picked off base 
twice in a World Series game, and he was attempt and he stole uh, 200 bases in his career, but he was thrown out attempting to steal three more times, including one time that he tried to steal third base with two outs, and he ended up making it, but. You know, um, and then he got hit. And like it's hard to tell. We'll never know if it if it really happened or not. Yeah, steal stealing third with two outs. You're already in scoring position. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, and and so like there was, and so he was like trying to get thrown out. He got picked off a bunch. He also, um, the, and the Cubs ended up losing that one game that he got picked off in twice. They lo- They lost it one to nothing, and behind a Babe Ruth complete game shutout. Um, and um, the other thing that happened was in game, uh, let's see, game four. Yeah, uh, lefty Tyler asked, it, Babe Ruth was up, and um, lefty Tyler said, yo, F- Max Flack in right field, play back. Um, and he did not. He didn't listen to him. And Babe Ruth hit a triple right then over Max Flack's head. And um, they ended up scoring those two runs in the fourth. And then he also uh, you know, grounded out. So that was kind of his fault. It wasn't an error, but like he wasn't positioned right on purpose, people are saying. And also um, he ended up grounding out with the tying runs at second and third. The Cubs ended up scoring those, run, those runs, but um, a passed ball and an error scored Boston's winning run in the bottom of the eighth after that. And so, I don't know. The, the Cubs, the fix might have been in. And there was also another error where uh, Flack dropped the ball that ended up in running run scored. And when Boston's only scoring nine, it looks pretty fucking bad for Max Flack. <laughs> it does. It, and so I think the Cubs probably did throw that. I mean, they de- they definitely were the better team than Boston that year. So, anyway, go listen to Cultivating Catuli and, you know, they they go into those specific things more, but um, anyway, let's get back to some Cubs talk. Uh, not really Cubs talk, but uh, all of them. Some, it's Cubs talk. Yeah, I mean, it is the only talk to have about the Cubs right now at all. Yeah, there's there's less going on now than the shitty off season when the Cubs didn't do shit. So it's kind of crazy. But, you know, we we do know, and, and this was a, a real big concern. Uh, Danny, I, I, I tagged you on that uh, the piece about um, about Val. She was written about in what was it, the Athletic? Yeah, yeah. One of the vendors at Wrigley Field, Val Capone, good friend of ours and of the show, and bartender at Nisei, and we've known her a long time. Yeah. So that you know, the, there was a lot of concern as far as the uh, your your day to day staff, and we you know, Danny and I go to a lot of games. We have a lot of friends at work whether it's security, whether it's bartending, whether, you know, just all the different facets of Wrigley Field. And a lot of times they have different jobs depending on what, you know, what what their role is. But, you know, a lot of these people rely on both spring training and, you know, and, and the Cubs watch uh, the Cubs season and, and they're out of work right now, basically. And so all the 30 teams, it's not a lot. They could easily do more, but they're all chipping in, what, a million dollars? Yeah. And Wow. I mean, I know a million dollars sounds like a lot to, uh, I don't know, the villain in Austin Powers. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But it's it, Dr. It's Evil. Dr. Evil. Yeah, I was trying to catch his name and I couldn't. But million dollars is not really a lot when you consider that Daniel Descalso is making $2.5 million <laughs> this coming year. Yeah. 
And I actually did a little, uh, just a little like real quick math the other day, and now I'm trying to find it. Um, so if you would just pay these people uh, 25000 for the year, which uh, you can you can kind of get by on, right? It's it's I not do. a ton of money. Is that what you what are you going to say? I mean, I, I don't I don't make much more than that for my day right. job. It's it's right about that. So right, and and you don't have a family, you right. know, and stuff like that. So yeah, it would be a lot tougher. But yeah, that's so they could do uh, what is it? Twelve hundred employees? No, no, no way. No, 40. Yeah. 40 employees at 25,000. Yeah. Or, I mean, I think they're hoping to get the season going. So, you know. Or if they did $1 billion, they could provide that for 40,000 people. And $1 billion is less than a tenth of what they made in 2018. So they could could provide this year for 40,000 employees, $25,000, which – I don't know exactly how many people it takes to run all the beer carts and the ticketing and all that stuff. Uh, but fighting, I mean, that's what 1200 a team. Well, do you guys know, in? do you guys know what a employee is considered? Cause I know a lot of the Cubs employees are independent contractors, which, Oh yeah. They're not giving any probably. of that money to the beer vendors so or I'm, the, the people who work uh, giving you your food, those people actually work for Levy, whoever, right? For whoever Levy, yeah. it is that provides the food and vending services. So, so I this don't know is who like that is that's that. Levy, yeah, L-E-V-Y. Levy. Uh, I know Aramark is a big one or whatever, but the but if baseball doesn't pay Levy or Aramark, those people don't get paid. So they come up for a million for their employees. We don't know what that means. And and I guess it probably – and it doesn't really seem like a large amount of money for a multi-billion dollar, you know, per team. Each team is worth a billion. You know, it's like, you know, come on. Um, it doesn't seem like that much. I also don't know who it's for and how they're going to, you know, divvy that out. Like, is it for – you know, like some of the people that I know that work in the Cubs front office, like are they all getting cut checks for like 2000 bucks to get yeah, them through I'll, this? I'll or? bet people like Val Capone, the the actual people who could use it, who are not on, you know, the higher rungs of that ladder of employees uh, are probably not getting anything. Do you know any details on this, Crawley? No, I do not. It's It's detail bereft. Right. It it just came out real recent. You know what I mean? So the, the what is it? The devil's in the details. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. Who qualifies is it, it? You know what I mean? It, that I don't know. Well, and then especially when you see somebody like Jason Hayward, which God bless that guy, given two hundred thousand dollars by himself, which is uh, one guy given one fifth of an entire Major League Baseball franchise. You know, you could have five guys on the team that could afford to give away $200,000 and that's just five players on the team out of 26, you know, or, you know, whatever. You know, not that all of them could afford the $200,000. Some are making a lot less, but we do know that there's a fair amount of Cubs that have banked millions in this time. Chris Bryant, you know, I know he's got a kid on the way, but, you know, he's also rich. 
He's rich beyond his wildest dreams. He could afford yeah. $200,000 out of his $10 million, considering he's going to continue to get a shitload more money over the so, course of his career. Right. So Jason Hayward, <clears throat> over the length, like once he gets through this contract, assuming that he he – you know, he retires after the Cubs and doesn't play anymore, which he could. Uh, we'll get $204 million over his career. So this is only 1% of his entire right. money, yeah. But at least he did it, right? Whereas the – so the owners have maybe – if they have one billion dollars yeah exactly yeah you know that's what i'm saying like it's not five times that uh what how many times does 200 million go into one billion i'm looking it up five but it's a lot five times um i don't know it it just doesn't seem like enough to me you know so so i'm looking into this and this was put out by the mariners but all the other 29 teams have done this too says, uh, while we hope to be back to playing baseball in Seattle as soon as possible, the health and safety of our community and the Mariners' most important consideration. As one part of the commitment to that community, the Mariners, along with ownership, are announcing today that we are creating a fund to support Seattle Mariners event staff employees okay. who will lose pay because of the postponed games. It also says that we understand that this is a difficult time for many seasonal staff who face the possibility of losing work hours. With that in mind, the ownership and organization will be providing these Seattle Mariners workers financial support. And this is at the bottom again. We are working on details to the grant program now, and we'll have additional information available once the details are finalized. I mean, it's a grant program, so what, I got to apply, you know? I mean, not me, but like a person, you know, like, hey, I've got four kids and, you know, I need my beer vendor money or whatever it is, you know, and you get more than somebody. So it kind of annoys me that like there's going to be somebody like maybe as the gatekeeper to these grants, too, you know, but I guess there's got to be. But it, it right. doesn't it doesn't but at least they're doing a little more than what the fucking rickets are doing. Yeah, it's it sounds like at least and I heard a couple well, of teams, no, that would be every team would do that. Every every team would that, have a fund like that. To the event day staff. Yeah, every team. Oh, I thought you you were, you were talking about Seattle. I thought they were right. doing uh, on top of their million. No, no, yeah, because no. everybody has decided, like all of major league has decided, they'd give one million. Yeah, right. One million dollars. One million dollars. So, Come and on. then, uh, like literally, Jason Hayward went one fifth of that, which he his. Total career earnings will be one fifth of one billion dollars, which I'm guessing the teams are making more than one billion dollars in a year. You think each team? Maybe not every team. Yeah, I don't know if they make that much, but they definitely. I mean, you know, gross. No, versus actually, net. no. You're right because it was ten ten billion between. 30 teams. Yeah. For so it, it's still so, a fuckload of money and they could afford more a than a million. Fuck a yeah. yeah. It's, it's a fuckload of money and they, and they can afford more than a million a team. I heard some teams are doing 2 million, which still doesn't impress me, you know, at all. And you know, no, and it, why, why can't they just say, we will give you the money that you would have made. We will just put you on the payroll until we get going again for whatever a normal, I mean, there there are numbers out there. Like they know how much these people make per week in general. Each person they, too. Like some just work like a game or two a week, and some are full time. 
Yeah. And they can just do that. What's a game? You know, what does it cost them? And just do it because they have all the fucking money in the world. The Ricketts made $26 billion last year. Just on this, and that, and that has nothing to do with anything except for just what they sold their company for. Yeah, no, I, and and the thing that I'm concerned about too is because if you know a lot of people are stranded right now, players, you know, we helped, uh, and thanks to everybody that pitched in for DJ Artis and Delvin Zinn, who I had a chance to talk to, and if you haven't heard that episode, I've, yeah, what's what's going on with them? Well, they're fucked. They're... they're fucked. The minor leaguers were basically told you're on your own, which, and we don't know when we're starting up. So, like, they're not going to be able to. I mean, first of all, nobody can get jobs right now. You know, there are no jobs. Nobody's doing the jobs that they even have, including any of the Cubs minor leaguers. But if you're not on the 40 man, you're kind of shit out of luck, which is most of the players in the Cubs organization. And that's every team. That's all the minor leaguers who weren't being paid for spring training anyway. Your million dollar bonus babies are pretty few and far between. And these guys didn't make shit during the season anyway to ever have any kind of cushion to save up. So they're just kind of in limbo right now, living with their parents or I don't or crashing on a couch. I don't know what these guys are doing, but it doesn't seem. But they were all sent home. Um, if you're not on the forty man, you're not really invited to stay in camp. And I think that even now, as things are going on, they're closing down more and more of the spring training facilities, just to not have to have staff coming in and exposing people. The Yankees. Some of them, their minor leaguers tested positive for the uh, the virus. So, you know, I think they're just not taking chances. I mean, things are changing every single day, so it's really hard to keep up with what exactly is going on. But it seems to me that, like, you know, if they're able to raise a million dollars for salary employees and still leave the minor leaguers kind of in limbo, it's, you know, that seems inconsistent, too. It's like, okay, well, we're going to cut a check for 500 bucks to every beer vendor, but those minor leaguers, yeah, I don't know. We're not giving you shit, you know, and I don't know what they're doing. It's kind of opaque, but you're kind of hoping that this thing you root and cheer for is doing right by its employees. And I don't really see that that's happening because a lot of minor leaguers are complaining. And I know um, adopt a minor leaguer who we adopted DJ Artis and Delvin's in through. He's on there asking for more and more every day as the situation becomes desperate. So, I mean, I don't know if there's any Cubs to adopt right now, but definitely follow Adopt a Minor Leaguer. Adopt, what is it? Adopt a MILB. Yeah. Somewhere. And the worst part about this is that, you know, a lot of these people that will donate to this uh, out of their goodness or their hearts because they're wonderful people. So keep donating. But, None of us have the means that the baseball owners have, uh, you know, and and they could just take care of this, but yeah. it's going to be put on, you know, us, you know, people who actually care about these players and actually care about, you know, whether the humans that play this game that we love can make it through this. And that's they, it's a sad state of affairs that that's where we're at. As Lee Elia would say, it is. And I think we know who the, it's not even 15%, but who the, you know, the shitty 15% are. Yeah. They own the teams. How about the shitty 1%? Yeah. 
So, and then uh, I, I do have to give a shout out. It's speaking of the people that are actually doing the right thing and trying to help people. Fergie Jenkins, like what a freaking dude. He's, he's doing cameo videos, which I had just heard that this cameo video thing existed, but, um, I I'm guess sorry, Danny, you, you can pay $50 to have Fergie Jenkins pretty basically say whatever you want. And, uh, you know, I know we raise a lot of money through the ranters and people are hurting right now and a lot of people are losing jobs and stuff like that. So I, I'm kind of putting a moratorium on like asking people for money to crowdsource the stupid shit I want to do <laughs> or or the beautiful shit like raising money for people like DJ RTs and uh, Delvin Zim. But I think we might all be a little tapped right now or just wondering what's going to happen and the uncertainty maybe is going to make us all kind of rein it in for a moment. But Fergie Jenkins, if you do have an extra 50 bucks and want Fergie Jenkins to say something funny, I think I'm just going to buy this myself because it's all going to a good cause to raise money for the Sloan Park employees and also Wrigley employees. Do I have that yeah, right? Wrigley employees. Oh, there's there's such a huge crossover in there. A lot of Wrigley employees are also Sloan Park employees. Yeah, like Val goes out there to, okay. yeah, to, to tend beer. And again, Fergie Jenkins, wonderful human being taking care of something that should be taken care of by other people. Yeah. And, and, and same with us, you know, raising money for DJ RTs and Delvin's in it. I'm like, all right, well, why is this on us? But it is, you know what, if you want to hear me say, uh, wonderful things about like about the DH or something. Sure. 50 bucks. I'll say horrible <laughs> things that I don't believe. And, uh, <laughs> and you can hear it and we'll give that money to Fergie Jenkins well, or whatever. I don't know if you guys have ever met Wes Jameson <laughs> from Cubs fans in Oklahoma. Yep. Yeah. And uh, I, he's really good. You know, Fergie lives in Oklahoma and uh, you know, uh, Wes's son is named Jenkins after Fergie and everything. And uh, you know, so they've become good friends. So I texted Wes and I'm like, Hey, uh, how much of a sport is Fergie on this whole cameo thing? Like, can I get him to, you know, can I get him to say like, I don't know, can I get him to swear or something? Like, I don't want to be disrespectful and, you know, cause he's a hall of famer and he's a, you're doing something really positive. I'm like, you know, how much can I push this? And I'm like, can I get him to like recite cat in the hat or like, you know, you know, I don't know. <laughs> and then, um, I was like, well, can I get him to. You know, I wrote that song, Fuck the Cardinals, which is a parody of Rock the Casbah. You know, fuck the Cardinals. I'm like, can I get Fergie to sing uh, Fuck the Cardinals? And then Wes stopped texting me back. So I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think that we can get him to do that. But like, so I, I pulled in my reins. And um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm open to suggestions if you have any ideas of what Fergie could do. But I, I did want to at least suggest to Fergie. I'm like, would you just say... Yadi, don't like it. Fuck the Cardinals. Fuck the Cardinals. That's all I want. That's my $50 out of Fergie, but I don't think it's going to happen. Do you guys have any suggestions of what I can get Fergie to say? You know, that would be uh, really. I believe Rizzo is doing cameos as well. Is this is that correct? Pat Hughes does cameos too. Maybe one of them would do it for you. Maybe not Fergie. Yeah. Fergie's, <laughs> well, probably not Pat Hughes, but Anthony Rizzo could get away with it if he wanted to. Jesus Christ! All, all all Chris Bryan said was St. Louis was boring and they crossed like a shit show. Yeah, I think if Anthony said it, you're, he's gonna get a uh, couple couple up under his chin like right away. Yes, Anthony Rizzo via his foundation and is doing it. So 
Yeah, you could do uh, – I think Rizzo would do it. All he's got to do is say, like, you know, I was paid to say this. Yeah. That would be great. Well, I think we could do something sillier that doesn't involve swearing or, you know, or just – or maybe something, just get him to say 69. Like, maybe I'd just be like, I'd, $50, <laughs> nice. $50 for, uh, like, somebody to hand Fergie Jenkins something that says the number 69 on it, and he looks at it, he goes, 69, nice. It looks no, at the camera. Like, you just, just ask Fergie Jenkins. Yeah, just ask him. What, what, was your favorite, what was your favorite baseball team of all the time? And he says, 69, nice. <laughs> right he yeah. wouldn't even know that he was saying something you know, even weird. just have him say like he goes it, just to look at the camera and be like do you know what favorite my favorite year of my career was 69 yeah exactly nice you, yeah. yeah you could get away with that i think yeah and he, he wouldn't even know and if he did he wouldn't <laughs> care yeah and then that will be another person that will block danny from twitter <laughs> exactly <laughs> I, I i don't even know fergie jenkins get has two Two accounts that fight with each other, I think. What? Everybody okay over there? (laughs) (laughs) Carly, you just go down? (laughs) COVID-19. Took you down. He got hit all 19 of them. Sounded like the Astros banging garbage cans in the background there. No, we didn't forget. Yeah, we did not forget Houston. We did still through all this. Can you believe all the luck, though, that Houston has? Oh, God. Yeah, seriously. Like, people are just ready to tear their heads off and boo like, them. Like, I was, like, literally considering going to U.S. Cellular just to boo them. Yeah, me too. I was going to do an outing. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's a weekend series down at, well, maybe not anymore. But we'll you know, see. I, I just, they have such good beer at, at U.S. Cellular or Guaranteed or whatever. Comiskey. They have such good beer there and such good food. I was like, it's a great place to check out a ball game other than the fact that they decided not to rotate the park towards the city skyline for yeah, some for so stupid they could have made it uh, nicer yeah it's <laughs> they've really made a lot of changes and uh you know but uh yeah it's it's a good place to eat and drink i'll tell you that and watch a game yeah i, I mean a ball it. game is a ball game major league baseball is the best right you know i would i'd be nice i would wear like maybe like the chicago whales or the shy fed i have some shy fed stuff you know so it's not complete cubs but somewhat cubs I just wore a plain black T-shirt when I went last summer. They got, they got. I got a cool Wales jersey. I got a nice Wales jersey. So, uh, really, I I wear my 1983 Harold Baines jersey that I. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't have that. <laughs> um, um, no, it, <laughs> it says HOF on the back. Yeah, I, I've got a, a Chicago American Giants hat that I wear to Chicago neutral fandom events in fact i wear that to cubs games too in fact i don't really wear cubs hats or cubs gear that much anymore because there i have so many friends you know like you crawley with your crawley's clubhouse and your pat hughes i'd much rather wear that pat hughes shirt that you sell to a game or something done by joe from obvious shirts even though like you know i have one obvious shirt it's and that shirt is a club 400 shirt so like i'm want to support the people around me that, that is such a big part of th- this family that we have, which is really getting me through these moments of, uh, of uh, worldwide turmoil, you know, just knowing you guys are out there, like, and the ranters and everybody, you know, it's, it really is making a difference. And I think how I'm handling this, even though I'm on the verge of tears pretty much all the time. Yeah. Um, 
So, in fact, you know what? One thing I, I have to just say, I wasn't planning on saying this, but um, I'm making a song called Stay the Fuck Inside. And I've, and I've, I listened to it the other day. Yeah. And it's really coming along. That was just like the demo of just what I sent to the rest of the band. But my old band, Bad Teenage Mustache, is spread all over the country. And we're all in quarantine. So my sister, just, just like COVID. Yeah. And my, my sister is in Brooklyn. I got my old bass player slash guitar player. He used to do both for me sometimes, depending on who I had. Um, he's in Brooklyn too. Uh, Johnny Onomatopoeia, who a lot of you guys know from listening to the Nationals podcast and you know the World Series that we, we did with him. He played drums and keys, and he's out in L.A. And so I had, I'm crowdsourcing this amongst them. And as people were sending me track, Kelly Dwyer is also out in L.A. Um, she sang back up with my sister. Um, and I'm crowdsourcing this, and I sent them that original track, and they're sending me back tracks and playing to it. And just hearing us all play together and sing together, even though it's just online and people sending tracks around, it it I wept. Just hearing us all singing together again after, you know, I moved out of New York eight years ago, 2012. So it's been a while since we got together and sang, and I played so much music with those guys. But, you know, just given everything that's going on. And hearing our voices, I mean, I can't tell you how much, how happy I am to be a musician and to have, you know, have always had great people around me. Then, you know, a lot of them, even though they're not around me anymore, they're still around to do like these beautiful things together. And I'm like, damn it. Even if I fucking go down from this whole thing and we all die, like I fucking nailed it, <laughs> you know, and it makes me cry with all the great people in my life. And I, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I must have done something right is kind of my feeling about it, you know, and I'm just I'm lucky to have you guys. I'm lucky to have everybody, you know, and uh, a lot of like minded people. And, you know, the fact that we're doing this podcast and not just like, you know, if I was a person that like, you know, had just spent my whole life just making money and working all the time and, you know, ignoring my kids and now I'm stuck with them and I don't even know them, you know, or like a, in a bad marriage or something like that. And I quarantined with your in your shitty relationship like you know, uh, you know, I'm not that guy, and I'm really fucking thankful because you know this all could have gone down in different circumstances for me, and it would have been way, way worse. I think about you know, just like you know, maybe you know, being towards the end of my marriage and this going down, and uh, how awkward that would have been. But um, anyway, thank, thank you all, thank you all, and um, for entertaining me and you know making me feel loved and special. Anyway. Well, you know, you do a lot of good things, Danny, and I think that it's going to be the uh, friendships that we've made along the way that's going to get us through this this miserable time. And, and we're going to just I, – I guarantee you this. The second, you know, that, that, that Wrigley Field is open up to the fans for the first time, it's going to be a party and it's going to be a reunion and we're going to be happy we came out the other side of this. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. And, and, and hopefully we do. Everybody's got to do the right thing. And, and as my song is going to say, probably sometime this weekend when it's all done, stay the fucking side and we get baseball back a lot faster. You know, just got to fucking beat this thing. So I did. I was shocked when I went on Instagram and saw that Juliana Zobrist was running around Europe in her Instagram story, running around Madrid, Spain specifically. 
And I was like, what is happening here? Like, she's because I noticed she's on a flight. I'm like, is Juliana Zilbris just like not clocking what's going on? And she's just flying <laughs> to Spain. But then I saw a Christmas tree in one of the story parts. And I was like, oh, it's old. She just decided to put this up now, which I mean, I'm not going to give her shit for anything that anybody's doing really right now to entertain themselves. Um, but one thing I thought that was particularly, uh, I don't know, you know, this divorce must not be going that well because Juliana Zobrist was fucked up on Tylenol PM and booze the entire time she was in Madrid and she was pounding PMs before getting on the flight and was completely incoherent. And I'm like, really? Like, this is your foot forward right now, Juliana? Did you guys happen to catch this? I did. Yeah. Her, her slurring and all that stuff. Yeah. Huh. She's and it looked like she's like an acid too because she's like looking at the lights and she's like look at the lights. She's always kind of like that. Now I wonder like how much LSD this woman really takes. You know what I mean? I mean she's on rich people drugs for sure. Oh yeah, she's on something. So that was quite entertaining. But honestly, high Juliana and regular Juliana. You know, I'm not. You know. A lot of guys sitting in front of me with iPads. Who's, sorry, that's just. <laughs> wait, wait, sorry, sorry. It's, it's this one. A lot of and guys sitting in front of me with iPads. All of them so running Juliana Instagram stories. Yeah, just yeah, exactly. So I don't know. You guys have any other uh, Cubs-ish related news or anything you want to say about what's going on right now? Do you, Do you have anything? Not Cubs-ish, no. Well, I have some things to say. Oh, no, 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 no. This, dude, seriously, you're like patient zero for COVID. You're, you're flying all over. You're spreading your shit. Yeah, dude, this is just unacceptable. You know, we're all in quarantine right now. I've got my head over my mouth right now, so he doesn't breathe on me. Oh, yeah, that's not going to work, Danny. You're dead. You're a dead man. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. This is not any kind of... Uh, disease I can give you right now because, uh, Danny, you've probably been vaccinated for tuberculosis. <laughs> I'm just having an attack. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, yeah, I got tuberculosis uh, from Ramses II back in Egypt in uh, 1210 B.C. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on. You're <laughs> suffering from a disease that's basically dead now? Oh, yeah, but, uh, you know, back when I got this disease and carried it around for the next 3,000 years, it, you know, it was too late to get the vaccine that wasn't invented until, well, this is last century. <laughs> so I'm fine. Don't worry, you can't get it from me because you're vaccinated. And imagine everybody except for the those non-vaxxers out there, you know, probably can't get it. So I came to <coughs> give you guys a I still don't feel like this is good. Like... <laughs> Even, I mean, if you're having an outbreak, uh, outbreak of tuberculosis, aren't you supposed to, like, go to the desert no, and no, no, quarantine no, no. yourself? No, after 3,000 years, my lungs are pretty much used to it, so no problem. And plus, I'm no, invincible. Your lungs? What about everyone else? And also, what about all of us who have to just look at you with your oozing tuberculosis grossness yeah you know come to us why don't you just uh you know say what you got to say to us and and uh, get the hell out of here <laughs> okay well i've written a poem <coughs> because it's uh well gosh this i can't believe the season is already here chicago barely had a winter barely snowed 
been warm all winter long. And now it's oh. close to opening day, one week away, fellas. I'm so excited, just a week away. Hold on, comes- come down. Yeah. Come straight down. Hold on. Um, were you in quarantine or something? Like, have, where have you been for the last two weeks? Well, you know, I've just been tooling around on my fine carpet. I kind of w- was in orbit for a while, went to the moon, uh, visited a couple friends there, came back, and then. Are uh, you aware <laughs> at all of the world pandemic that we are now going through? Another one? Oh, no. Yeah, well, they've, no. they've canceled baseball, you dumbass. Like, no, they you're making everybody feel worse because you're bringing up the fact that we can't watch baseball soon. Uh, Michael, I, I really just don't understand what you're talking about because I'm looking at the schedule right here, <laughs> and I'm going to give you a poem and let I, you know. I forgot that all your soothsaying is based upon the MLB schedule. I'm looking. It's right in front of me. So... Let me give you my poem, and then you'll know what's going on. We're so close to opening day. The season's just one week away. I hope I'm not coughing (coughs) when we're up in Milwaukee. (coughs) When it's the mmm we play. Who is it? (coughs) Who is it? I I don't even... I I don't even know... The Brewers! The Brewers, next Thursday, up at County Stadium in Milwaukee. You're going to love it. <coughs> so, go, go away. Hey, go, go, go back into orbit. Maybe fly yourself into the sun. Do not tell me what to do, Michael. You know, one time Ramses II tried to tell yeah, me how to know. do my job when I was predicting a plague of frogs, and he said there's not going to be any frogs, and there'd be a huge harvest, and guess what happened? Frogs. <laughs> and then he gave I me don't believe you, because the MLB did not <laughs> schedule the frogs back then. Oh, well, there was no MLB there, Michael. Shows what you know. Either way, I'm done with you dumbasses. Come shoot them I hate him. Yeah, it's, uh, wow. Well, at least it's just tuberculosis he has, because I have been vaccinated from that. Yeah, you know, speaking of the MLB schedule, though, I got, like, uh, you know, realtors send out things all the time just to random people to try and, you know, advertise. Uh, I got my uh, magnetic schedule for the Colorado Rockies two days ago from a realtor oh god and i was just like oh my god dude you have no like it's worthless even if they do play yeah it's a collector's item (laughs) somebody to be taking that thing to antiques roadshow at some point so uh i don't know is our show long enough i mean people need like five hours out of us guys (laughs) it's uh, it's not you know um carly's not even here anymore real quick uh at Indie Pod Report is my new uh, is another not my new another uh, Twitter handle. If you have Indie Podcasts that you want to let people know about, uh, follow me over there, and we're just going to try and spread the word about Indie Podcasts uh, a little like in kind of one place rather than sort of piecemeal. Because I've been asking people for uh, podcast suggestions recently. And it's always like uh, 99% invisible. It's an amazing podcast. Everybody knows that one. Like, I want to know 
more obscure ones or maybe people who are out there doing exactly what we're doing who need more listeners. This is the perfect time. As bad as, you know, a pandemic is, maybe we can help out some uh, independent podcasters and, you know, get the word out about them because people have tons of time on their hand right now. Yeah, we do. <laughs> so follow me over there at, at Indie Pod Report. Um, and, you know, maybe we can find some new podcasts to share with everybody. Sounds good. Crawley, what, do you, what are you listening to these days? I think we lost Crawley somehow. I feel like, yeah, I feel like he just disappeared. Yeah, there I was a bang. And then, and then he was like, "I'm good," and then, and then he was, good. and then that's like the last thing we that we heard from him. Um, I don't, well, I mean, hey, he he is the new Lyle, so right. it makes sense that this would be. Oh, by the way, Lyle sighting on Twitter the other I, day. Lyle, you know, it it takes a pandemic. It really he pops up as often as the coronavirus. Well, it's funny because I've actually been texting with him again, and. I said, uh, you know, hey man, you want you should come on the show right now. People would really love to hear from you, even if it's just you know at, at your at your leisure, and you know, it doesn't have to be all of us and stuff. And you know, and like, just just come on. You don't have to talk about the Cubs or anything. Just how are you? You know, I think people would like to hear from you. And then I and then he stopped talking to me again. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I don't, I do not. Oh no, Crawley, we can't hear him. Like, no, we cannot oh. hear him. I don't know what happened. Um, maybe we should stop the taping. We're almost done here, but I, I do want Crawley to sign off with us. Yeah, at least he can. Yeah, at least bring him on. So that all right, let's stop the tape for a moment. Say goodbye. We'll stop for the tape. Hold on. One more interruption here. I just wanted to say that uh, one way you can help out the Sunranto show right now is I know a lot of people are ordering stuff online. Well, we have an Amazon search bar over at sunranto.com slash shopping. If you just use our search bar and buy the stuff you were going to buy anyway, uh, we get a little bit of a kickback and it's, um, you know, it doesn't cost you a, an extra dime, but it helps us out. So uh, if you would go over there, sunranto.com slash shopping, and when you use Amazon, do it through us and it helps us out. Um, really appreciate it and um, hope everybody's uh, well. Back to the show. Okay, Crawley's back, but Crawley, we, we, it's pretty funny because, you know, Lyle, when he was doing the show with us, he would he he disappeared like in the middle of the show and then we wouldn't hear from him for three weeks. <laughs> like is pretty much how that went. I was like, oh, Crawley's just picking up right where Lyle left off with this fucking podcast. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I, I have no idea what happened. I one second I I was I was trying to suppress a Corona cough and then the next thing you know I was gone. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's wait, how. Wait. How do you <laughs> suppressing a Corona cough sounds super dirty? I don't right. know if we want to well, dig what into they that. Say, and I don't know, and I don't want to be spreading false rumors. Is to hold your breath for ten seconds, and that because one of the symptoms is shortness of breath. And then I think I passed out and hit the ground. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was that the thump we heard? That was the thump. Yeah, usually when you fall over like that, it's during karaoke. So it was like <laughs> really kind of shocking. Uh, do I have it here? No, no, that's all right. Where is the fuck? I can see it. I it's dark in my room now. It's gotten dark, so I can't see my keyboard anymore. <laughs> so I'm just sitting in the dark. Uh, no, but I I do have. All right. Going tonight. Still, still, like really one of the favorite my favorite moments that has happened all year. <laughs> this baseball. So at least we have spring trading to 
to look back on. So I guess it's time for some TFCs. I did, we definitely oh, wanted to get shit. you back. I don't know. Now I can't find my phone. All right, here we go. I don't know if you guys have any. I've got a couple. I don't. I've honestly just kind of forgotten about the TFC. I mean, everything is fucking Corona this, Corona that. Like, yeah, I haven't seen anything. Well, the heckler had a funny article the other day about Mark Grace takes young cubs under his wing during hiatus to teach slump busting and more. You have it socially distancing slump busting now. Uh, it's it's uh, well, the opportunity arrived this past week when spring training was placed on lockdown due to the coronavirus, and Grace started an online four week course called "Get in the Groove with Gracie" for a group of ten Cubs rookies to teach them what it takes to be a big leaguer. Yeah. <laughs> According to the syllabus, each day of the week has a unique theme, including Marlboro Mondays, Wild <laughs> Wrigley Wednesdays, and Thirsty Thursdays. The course culminates with an all-day, all-night class field trip to downtown Scottsdale where students will test their skills, learn in the course in what has been outlined as slump-busting Saturday. Oh, God. <laughs> well, now that nobody can get together, slump-busting Saturdays is just like looking for uh, terrible pictures on the Internet and jerking off to them. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, Heckler's great. If you know, It's Andy, right? Andy Dolan. No, no, that's yeah. Brad. Oh, Brad. Yeah. Okay. Andy Heckler is, is wonderful. Oh, yeah. Andy's DeCipio. Yeah. 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 So I got, uh, were you done? <laughs> and Andy sucks, obviously. We're just like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah okay. Andy. No, I like, I like it all. I, anybody that uses humor to convey, to make me have fun, I'm, I'm a fan. Um, but were you done with that one? Yeah, that, that one. And then if we want to go with the Scipio, he just put something four minutes ago. Is the replay of the Giants-Cubs game on watch marquee a little blurry? Looks like Crane recorded it off his TV with a BlackBerry. Maybe a Palm Pilot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Crane. But I, And I don't know. We, we even talk about the marquee network and the fact that, you know, is this – I mean, this is obviously bad for everybody. But – they got time to get that Comcast deal done now. So hey, don't don't worry about it, Danny. We won't be booing them in a year. Yeah, yeah. We have to get some marquee network. <laughs> Believe me, that is, you won't be booing about that in a year. That is uh, that is Tom Ricketts talking to uh, the World Health Organization. What do you have against marquee networks? <laughs> I did have like a cubspiracy thought about that when because he said that so knowingly. Oh, you won't be booing about that in a year because I've released a super virus in China. <laughs> Me and my billionaire Bilderberg friends. And I was just like, all right, get your mind out of fucking conspiracy theories. But because they're coming. And luckily, I've already thought of them all myself and plug, and punched holes in them all. So I, I know they're not true. So um, I have one here. Uh, this is from uh, somebody that uh, named Eric Sim sixty nine, E Sim sixty nice. nine, um, who is a former minor leaguer, who quote tweeted another minor leaguer that he retracted the name and I couldn't find the tweet that they were talking about, but um, I quote this is Eric Sim saying this I quoted a tweet from Redacted on how they are paying $1 million to stadium employees, which is fucking awesome and I'm here for it, but us minor league ball players haven't heard a thing, so I said we feel disrespected, and I got a call five minutes later pretty much telling me to delete the tweet out of respect to those in the front office in which my tweet was creating more chaos during these hard times. I felt I was correct 
I've, and I felt it was correct to delete my post. So, in other words, he was forced to delete his fucking post about how he's fucked. Because, and the people that told him to not tell everybody he's fucked are the major league, the, are the billionaires. So that's kind of fucked up. And I also noticed that I offered, there was extra 50 bucks that had been donated from Sarah Sanchez of Cup of Cubby Blue to the Delvin Zinn uh, and the DJ Artiste um, uh, fund. And so I reached out to both of them. And Delvin's like, Delvin said, I'm good. Don't worry about it. And maybe it was just like, I'm fine. And actually was fine. But, uh, well, D- DJ was like, yeah, I'll take your $50. So I know everybody's in different situations. And I was like, big deal. I raised it for you guys. It's yours. And so I gave him the money. Um, just Venmoed it to him. But, because, um, you know, fucking cash, you know, kind of. And then... um Anyway, I think that they were pulling up stakes too. I think they all got a talking to, and I and I'm wondering about this adopt a minor leaguer that like once the major league teams, you know, because I think it's an embarrassment to them to even have this exist that we're trying. Oh, to- it should be an embarrassment. I mean, that is the best case scenario is that they are so embarrassed by it that they start paying their fucking employees better. Yeah, 20 grand a year. You know what I mean? Like Unbelievable. Yeah. And again, I remember talking to Theo. Oh, don't worry. You know, things are going to be better, this and that. Tom, remember he was talking about the Blue Jays thing. And 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 he said, uh, you know, be on the lookout. Things are going to change. But, you know, it, it was just lip service. Yeah, it, it feels that way. And unless the Cubs step up and, and say, hey, we're going to take care of everybody that's on every roster. Now, granted, we didn't know because minor league camp was just starting when this whole thing came out. So we don't even know. I mean, some of these guys are going to get cut and not get jobs anyway. So, you know, if in one way, if this starts happening after the season started, you kind of know who you end up paying. But they had a lot of dudes out there that were, you know, non-roster, dudes trying to catch on, invited to camp, you know semi-pro ball players who kind of were just in there trying to get a spot on a double-A team to or single-A even, you know. It's a complicated situation. I don't know what they're going to do, but they certainly have the money to, to, to do it. I'm sure Rob Manfred loves this because a lot of these local minor league teams are probably just going to end up folding. Yeah. He's anyway, like, oh, my job. Because they can't. My job's They probably here, yeah. can't weather it. And there's his 42 teams that he wants to get rid of. Yeah. And he's like, well, that's one way to do it. <laughs> Just, you know, sorry, we're closing down because of COVID. So you want to hear about another asshole that I'm really glad now that the Cubs did not sign, even though I'm sure we got guys on our team that probably say the same shit. But Bryce Harper, I don't know if you saw his quote about what's going on right now, but he said, I don't worry about a disease or a virus. I'm doing everything the same. I'm shaking people's hands. I'm high-fiving. I'm healthy. I'm 27. I just live my life. Yeah. yeah so so fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's kind of what I said. Like, it doesn't affect me, but I'm also not going around any other people. Oh, and also, nobody wants to come around me. <laughs> like, if I walk out into a crowd, nobody tries to shake my hand. Yeah, well, nobody's supposed to go in. Yeah, everybody's trying to touch him, you know. So Bobby G says at, on at Bobby Talks Cubs, uh, I love baseball. And he's always oh, repl- at MLB at Cubs. He added them. 
and he says, I love baseball. I have loved it my entire life. Without it, I may be dead or in jail. It kept me out of trouble and allowed me to bond with those that loved me. If it can't start till mid-May, then please shut it down. Do not respect the game with an 80-game schedule. (laughs) Dude, you just got done saying how you'd be a debtor in jail without it. You're like, shut it down. I'm going to jail. (laughs) I mean, that's what it reads like to me. Well, he knows he can't get the marquee network in prison. I don't think you can get the marquee. That's probably the only place you can get it because they've got like fucking, you know, farmer's almanac cable or something down there. Because the Ricketts own a private prison. Yeah, exactly. They're like, that's part of our uh, incarceration initiative. Maybe that's where they'll put the minor leaguers like just arrest them all and we can feed them in there. And could we already go in this prison? Um, I, I like uh, Danny Parkins' reply to Windy City Sports, who said, I went to a restaurant today. I think I will survive, SMH. And Danny Parkins, uh, you know, great uh, Chicago uh, DJ, uh, sports DJ, says, uh, the number of times you said I in that tweet is the problem. Think of, think of other more vulnerable people and read how this gets spread, please. So I like that, you know, that dudes are going out there. I saw Julie DeCaro coming out. Like, I'm, I'm part of our sports people. I like what everybody's saying. But Tony Pajamas, I don't like what he said. Uh, the notorious J0E says, if you're at risk, stay home. Why should my life be out on hold? You know when it's a heat wave and they get on the news to tell elderly to stay inside. Same thing. You're compromised. Stay home. I'm going to keep living my life. And this is all, by the way, about MLB being shut down. And uh, Think Blue Seats replies, <laughs> LOL, MLB isn't your life. It is someone's, it's someone else's life that you like to watch. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> it's not your fucking life, dude. Settle the hell down. It's, it's the life that you like to cosplay. Right, Danny? Yeah, it is. It's cosplaying. <laughs> it's definitely cosplaying. So, and, um, and another thing, I, I thought this was kind of funny. I did not see it. I don't know what happened with this, but um, I, you know, the, um, uh, the I, what's it called? Bum, 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 uh, Pachelbel's Cannon. Okay. Yeah, Pac- oh Bell's yeah, King. you you uh, wrote a song. Yeah, about yeah. The, the Cleveland Indians lost Game Seven, and I sang that over and over again, and then just freaking out. But I've been playing a lot more guitar lately, which I'm really happy about. But um, I got tweeted at by Good Morning America, being like, "Can we use this video of you singing Cleveland Indians lost Game Seven on Good?" Ma- I don't know if it played or not, or like what the hell it was all part of. Um, so I don't know if somebody could find that for me, it'd be funny, but I thought that that made me a bit of a TFC to be up there fucking trolling the Indians during, <laughs> during a goddamn pandemic. So I was yeah. like, sure, use it. Yeah. Well, well, my response to that was they also lost games five and six too. Truth. People forget that people do. So I guess there's the show. Um, uh, everybody be safe. You know, uh, be kind to each other. Spread love, not virus. Not germs, right? <laughs> yeah, spread love, not germs. Hey, there's our there's a fucking obvious shirt. Yeah, spread love, not germs. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, don't touch people. 
Don't think that because it may not affect you, you can just run around fucking licking doorknobs and shit. Yeah, and definitely. And I was shitting on myself. Don't shit on yourself. So don't shit on me. <laughs> Do not shit on me, please. Um, I don't know. It's it's hard to fucking end the show right now. I don't know. I'm just. You can't top Juliana for an ending. You really can't. <laughs> so Spagog. 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 It came right out of the blue. It's fucking me. It's fucking you. What a goddamn motherfucking surprise. Churches canceled, stores are closed. Nobody can pick their nose. And now you gotta stay the fuck inside. Stay the fuck inside.
Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. Edu slash podcast. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org.